rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Hi, hello. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for watching the show, hanging out, supporting the show, doing it all. We're doing it all together. We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin, and this is unapologetic liberal talk. So if you're a normal person, if you're a patriot, a real one, not one of these fake patriots who think that, I don't know, they use patriotism to, as the la well, the last refuge of scoundrels, as Ben Franklin famously said. It's pretty pathetic watching the Republican convention. I've been watching it all day. It's, I feel like I'm living in some kind of bizarro world where I, I, I just can't believe that I have to share the same air with people who have absolutely no grasp of reality. Or do they? It, what is it? Are they, do, I mean, really, are they really, do they really think that they're patriots? because they like to wear ugly hats that have red, white, and blue made-in-China pins and, well, tri-cornered hats, too. They like to dress in revolutionary garb. This is one thing when I was watching the convention. Some lady was up there with a tri-cornered hat on, and I'm like, if this were the 1770s, this woman would be pining for the king. That's conservatism. There is nothing more progressive than pledging one's life, fortune, and sacred honor to each other and overthrowing a king. Exactly. What's more progressive than saying to a king and an intergenerational aristocracy, we don't need you anymore. We are in this together. You know, we the people, not you the elite. There's nothing more progressive than that. So for them to, they really have illegitimately claimed the, claimed the mantle of patriotism, and I'm here to take it back. We should all um, be as outraged by the way that they rewrite history, their incessant, the, the lies. It's beyond comprehension, they and and I, that's why I'm sort of like mentally ill people. You can't fault them, right? They don't know truth from reality. So, what is it with them? Do they really believe what they say? How could they? They do. They. I mean, they have the same um, access to Twitler's entire history. They know that he is a tax-cheating draft dodger. They know that he had a fake university. They know that he's been fined. His, his failed casinos were fined for laundering money for the Russian mob. This was before the, the scumbag tickled the race's funny bones and the fissures of disunity and uh, 
that's what he did to get become the so-called president despite receiving fewer votes. He wasn't some great political operative. He just had no morals. He, the, there was no line he wouldn't cross to destroy this country because it's all about him. He is a narcissist, a malignant narcissist at that. Hello. Oh, hi. I'm in the chat room. Hi, Shannon, and thank you for your super chat. Right out of the gate. And thank you. Hello, Steve. Welcome. Yeah, I thought, what the hell? I'm going to do a show today. If, yeah, what do you do? If you do a show and nobody shows up, what do you do? You do it anyway, right? That's how it goes. I'm trying to build the show to become something so we can stand up to these bastards it's about re um redefining what it means to be a patriot so that's what we're here to do and you get this word out that progressives are the real patriots and i don't just mean like nah 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 it's we got the receipts the progressives people who leave no one behind we're the people who are fighting for the democracy, for the, our um, best ideals. You know, we can all talk about how the founders, of course, they were racist, they were misogynists. Of, uh, yes, they're hip, they were hypocrites. And when they wrote all men are created equal, they didn't consider themselves hypocrites because nobody else was a person in their eyes except the white male property owner so yeah they were hypocrites but they did write these um they laid out a framework how when we get closer to actualizing the uh, the the real uh, the ideals in our founding documents to belong to everyone that's when conservatives lose their minds they can't handle it Look, just look at history. Look at what they do. They think, I mean, really, everything about them is, um, it's, it's, we've always, we've, it's almost inevitable that we've ended up in this place where we're fighting against the, um, the fascists, basically. And actually, let's just to kick it off. I wanted to share this Nina Turner clip from uh, CNN. She laid it out quite beautifully and exactly what we talk about here on the show all the time. And what we have to... And, and the thing about Nina is that she's what, what we all have to be, unapologetic, unapologetically liberal, unapologetic progressives, and patriots. We're the real patriots. We're fighting to leave no one behind. We're fighting for a country that can actually have a functioning democratic republic and isn't just, uh, we don't just live and die to make the rich richer. And Lena laid it out like so beautifully exactly what we're up against. Here it is. Uh, remarks uh, embracing uh, embracing Joe Biden clearly asking his supporters to um, to to get Joe Biden elected. 
I mean, the senator was clear. He's a man of his word. He said it in 2016. He said it again in 2020. So the senator is doing what he does. But he created a movement. He was a spark. And the movement is the fire. And so the movement doesn't change. The, the notion that we need Medicare for all does not change. The notion that we need to legalize cannabis and take it off the of schedule one because it has ruined so many lives, particularly African-American lives with the war on drugs. Anderson, that doesn't change. The need to have college for all, that doesn't change. Environmental justice, see, none of those core fundamental issues change because it was never about a personality. It was more about the mission. And so progressives are still on the mission, understanding very clearly that we got two dragons we got to slay. We got to slay the dragon of neo-fascism and slay the dragon of neoliberalism, and the progressive movement is here for it. In a term, I appreciate it. Absolutely. When was the last time you heard anyone on the corporate media talking about neoliberalism and neo-fascism, slaying those two dragons? Amazing. And this is why Nina Turner, when, for example, when I said to... Well, you guys know that um, I was on one of Joe Biden's text mailing lists and uh, somebody texted. It was um, one of these. Oh, who should Joe Biden pick for his VP? And I texted back Nina Turner. And they, whoever was running this poll texted back, you, we have... Um, opted you out of this list. Have a nice day. So texting Nina Turner gets you kicked out of a list. Why? For the le- the neoliberal Joe Biden mailing list. I mean, I don't know. I thought. Well, it's really the the thing about. I'm. I'm I really did not. Um, plan on going off on Joe Biden, frankly, today, because there's enough going on with the Republicans. But it's let's get real. We have a lot of work to do, especially with the the neoliberal Democratic Party. And in order to face and to not just face, but to overcome and to build a country that works for all, we got to look at ourselves and especially the Democrats. The Democrats are almost, you know, the DLC corporate Dems are, they're just as irritating and almost more so. They don't want to hear it. So we're here to, to make them hear it, frankly, to hear it, to, to listen, to talk anyway, to make them hear it anyway. And here's the thing, what I was, I was actually thinking today you know everything that we are that we advocate for universal health care universal higher education living wages in this country because of our racist ass history and yes we all agree even the dlc corporate dems you notice how they're they're all take you know they take a knee in the the house will all get together nancy pelosi and all the democrats will get together and take a knee for the photo op and they're all doing their best to seem as if, yes, they want to confront the United States' racist history. You know, they, they want to get rid of the statues. Yeah, that's all great. But, and I always contend, that has to be the beginning. That's not the end of the story. It's not just 
taking down a statue or walking across a bridge. But one of the things I was thinking today, the reason we don't have universal health care in this country and and um, universal higher education and living wages that belong to everyone is because of the racist, the systemic racism that this country has, uh, that we've all been inflicted with. And I, uh, I always, and we, you know, we talk about it here, um, we would already have universal health care. A lot of the reasons why other countries have universal health care, they didn't have the problem that we have uh, battling conservatives when the notion of, this is why the rest of the world looks at us bizarrely, like, what the hell is wrong with you? Because when the notion of, remember when Obamacare, when they first proposed Obamacare and all these freaks went to town halls to scream and yell and, and sh- shit their diapies. Because, really, it comes down to racism. Just like unemployment insurance, so the social safety net, a- anything that we talk about in this country, Republicans, conservatives, white people, were primarily the, the conservative white person, who they they believe they really do believe now statistically the um white people as a percentage there are more white people on this that are that are on social assistance on public assistance that doesn't matter because in their minds they deserve it it's others who are taking advantage. Now, you would go into that Republican convention, and if they would be honest, you know, give me 10 minutes with them, talking with them, if they were honest, you'd find out who's on all kinds of government assistance. That's the way it is. But they, and plus, a lot of them are on, I'm not, hey, they're on it. They don't even realize that this is the government like the idiots, and and I attest, because I interviewed these people, and when I went to Washington with Mike Malloy, when they were when the Supreme Court was arguing o- about Obamacare, they were saying, "Get your government hands off my Medicare." It's not a an apocryphal story. They, that's what they think. Get your government hands off my Medicare. So a lot of times people, they don't even realize that this is the government. And so they vilify government. But it's all about, really, the reason we don't have universal health care, like other countries. This country is the only, it's really the only country that is not based on a bloodline. So we all, unless you're a Native American... Your ancestors, not too far in the in the past, came from somewhere else. So we're we're the only country that has uh, uh, our founding documents are based on an idea. But because of our racist history, now we've we were we were built on racism and genocide. That is a fact, and into our into our policies 
we if we've never confronted the racist our racist history which we've never because half of the country less than half because conservatives are a minority they don't want to hear it they don't want to have any kind of truth and reconciliation and concern concerning race because they would rather stick their fingers in their ears and chant USA 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 like children but it really is it comes the reason we don't have universal health care already is because of racism republicans conservatives they want they got theirs they don't want anybody they don't want to share that's really what it's about and i'm not the only one that thinks this or talks about this how if we it would be a lot easier to promote policies universal policies if they belong i mean if we didn't have um uh, if we weren't a nation of immigrants because the there are so many very um you know not that evolved people that even though they pretend and think that they're or even they they might they might really believe that they're patriots they have zero capacity to function in the type of free democratic society that we are purporting to be they can't handle it they can't they lack the intellectual the spiritual the the everything the sociological the sexual maturity <laughs> to function in a diverse country of 320 million diverse people so that's why they're they're fear-based they're and they're afraid that you know who's somebody's taking advantage of them and this is why i can't stand republicans because a lot of the republicans yeah maybe they do believe it this is why i'm like i go back and forth thinking okay we will win we'll be able to overcome these assholes but back to how can we overcome when they the republicans do they really believe what they're saying do they really believe like they get the same information for example today in the hearing when i was watching the hearing with DeJoy, again the house was uh, the democratically controlled house was um brought postmaster general Louis DeJoy in front to answer questions why he's fucking up the post office. Excuse my French. But, yeah, no, I'm tell, I tell, I say that I'm not, I don't want to curse, but it, it's, I don't know. I, I can't help it sometimes. Anyway, see, they, so they were asking him the same questions, but as, the Democrats really were calling him to the carpet and asking, so in our history, the, the, the post office is older than the country itself. So in all of our history, f through wars, a civil war, um, depressions, pandemics, blah, 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 we've been able to deliver the mail. Um, why? It, it, it only took you two, two, three months to F it up. So what happened? Well, either you're doing it on purpose or you're, a, you're an imbecile. This is what Republicans do, though. So 
every Republican that was asking him questions par for the course. They were all the same, peddling the same old lie. You poor baby. They're picking on you. Oh, you should be commended. You should get a medal for what you've done. For what you've done? And they keep asking DeJoy, show us. Show us your documents that say, that, that prove that you needed to remove these sorting machines. And you also needed to remove and destroy the so- sorting machines and, and the mailboxes. And he said he wouldn't. Now, this is, that's a fascist mother effer. If he had something, if he was legitimately, um, you know, working in the interest of the, of the United States and the post office, it, why wouldn't he show his work? But here you go. Republicans, they all covered his ass. And you think, now, while they're waving the flag and saying, oh, you're such a poor baby, none of them, none of them has a shred of integrity. They know that, and that's why I'm like, they have to know what they're doing and saying. Is They have to know that it's a lie, that they're anti-American, therefore, that they're going against the American people, destroying the post office. And, of course, every single Republican was up there saying how, oh, we all know that the post office is in big trouble. It's been in big trouble for years. It's only been in big trouble. Of course, like we say, we, we bring it up because of the 2006 poison pill bill that Republicans inserted into the post office, forcing it to fund 75 years of health benefits in a 10-year period. It's like, what? You know, they don't, they don't put it together. And then, of course not. This is what fascists do. So that's why I'm like, are they legitimate fascists? Like, are they really? Um, I, I'm, I was going to say, are they legitimate fascists? Of course they are. are but do they really know are they stupid or just evil? I guess that's the question. Because either, either way, you slice it. I mean, the joy has to be evil. He knows what he's doing. Oh, and then they said, who was the one that said, you know, they produced the letter saying no more overtime. He, he denies it's him. You know, there's your party of personal responsibility. He doesn't know who released that letter. That's the party of personal responsibility. Take no responsibility. Now, don't worry, guys. Here's what they're doing. You, this is why this country is is in big trouble. We only ha- we have this oversight, this slim oversight. They're working on it, though. They're working to eliminate it completely. And if we allow these mother, these tax-cheating, draft-dodging grifters to get away with these liars, these filthy liars, these anti-American, un-American filthy liars to get away with what they're doing, and 
What? No, there has to be accountability or it's done. There has to be prison. That's what we're talking about. People need to go to jail. If a post, if you're a postal employee, if you're a citizen and you interfere with the, the mail, the delivery of the mail, you can go to jail. So why not DeJoy? He needs to be in prison. Regardless of whether Trump pardons him or not. Because on the other side of the aisle, now, I'm, uh, I, I'm just baffled about how these, these fascists, if they're, I mean, really, are they, are they evil or are they just stupid? It's, it's not, it's, it's no, I mean, really, it's either or. <clears throat> Excuse me. What's, I'm looking for this one guy. Because, uh, what's his name? What the hell? There goes the light. Francis! What happened? Like he's gonna answer me. Tara Jr.? One of the Republicans that was... Oh, there he is. Where are you? Get over here, silly. What are you doing? Come on. Come on up. Get up here, you mommy. Your little mama. What did you do? I don't know what happened, but somebody tumbled and something knocked over a light. <laughs> Look at this cat, though. Look at it. Look how cute it is. Isn't that good? At least this is in the world, right? When everything sucks, this this is in the world, right? You're a good boy. Mm. Hey, watch it, buddy. So, um, Greg Stoob, Staub, he's another fascist Republican. During his testimony today, well, not it, was, it wasn't testimony, him questioning DeJoy and basically publicly fellating him, and saying, oh, poor dear, poor dear, the deep state is out to get you. How do you handle it? You should get a medal. Um, he also mentioned that right in the middle of his question, he said, you know, oh, right before they went after you with this hoax. Yeah, the hoax. Don't believe your lying eyes. It's a hoax. Don't believe you're lionized when your medicine doesn't arrive or your social security check doesn't arrive or, or the chicks, the, the thousands of baby chicks. Well, I guess that's what they are. You know, little chicks die on the dock because the filthy effers said, no, no overtime. Leave them, leave them at the dock so they can die of thirst. These poor little babies. Oh, they make me sick, these fucking Republicans. Um, don't believe that. It's all a hoax. So this, what's his face? Greg Staub was going on about how it's, you know, just like the Russia hoax. Right, right, really. Just, they're still going on about this Russia hoax. It doesn't matter how many Senate 
hearings and or Senate reports. How many Republican-led? The Republican majority Senate releases a report that that confirms that Twitler and his and his his ignorant his dumbass bunch of morons in his campaign were unwittingly or not meeting with Russian agents. That's what they were doing. This is how stupid they are. They were a bunch of morons. They couldn't make money in a casino. You understand? They're the house. The house always wins unless the house is owned by Trump. Then you get left holding the bag. You and me and the American people and the taxpayers. We always get, we got to bail him out constantly. This cheating, lying, dictator dupe. A wannabe dictator. So it was, it was baffling, not baffling, it's fascinating. Then, of course, what happens when it gets back to the Democrats? Nobody corrects this. This is why it's so dangerous. The corporate media is, is dangerous, frankly. And if we were really on the right track, we would re-regulate the media. And that's why I ask you to support this show and shows like it, because this is what we're up against. They just put a camera in front of a con man and let him, just let him lie. They amplify the lies. It doesn't, if they come back, 20 minutes later, so today when Twitler, he, he wandered into the Republican National Convention. It's not a Republican National Convention anymore. It is a Twitler, uh, it's the dim leader salute. Of course. Oh, and they said there was going to be an optimistic convention this year. Optimistic? Yeah, featuring the a long line of aggrieved white victims. You know, the ones, the victims who point, they, they're the ones pointing assault weapons, deadly assault weapons at unarmed black and you know, BLM protesters, Doesn't not just black people. Well, it was a lot of black people there. That, that scared them. That scared the McCloskeys. So they had to come out. Could you imagine... Now let's let's play what if. What if it was a bunch of tea tards or tea baggers or Trump a bunch of Trump banzies walking I don't know somewhere and black people had guns pointed at them. I we still see on Fox News, you know that picture that they they always show there's two black guys standing on, I guess it's supposed to be somewhere on election day with berets. There's supposed to be a couple of scary black guys. They always show that picture. Let me see if I can find that. Let me see. Black. I think they, uh, the black, the new Black Panther Party, they keep saying. This was during Bush's, Bush years. Let me say Panther Party election. Let's see if I can find it. It came right up. Fox News is obsessed with the lone Black Panther. Let's see if I can find the, show you the picture. 
Here it is. I'll show you my screen. Let's see. Yep. Right? Oh, my God. They're not even armed. There's just a couple of guys standing there. So scary, though. Many worries about voter intimidation cite a 2008 viral video of Black Panthers outside a Philadelphia voting place. But they're, they're black. That's the Black Panthers. That's what makes it so scary for them. The McCluskey. They're not even armed, but they don't have to be. It doesn't matter. Unarmed black people are... They're superhuman, right? They're super predators. Let's see. Uh, McCluskey. How do you spell that? I know I'm not spelling it right. <laughs> McCluskey. Look at these assholes. And there, here she is. Hamburglar McCluskey. Pointing her... Her, her weapon at people with the gun, with the finger on the trigger. But she's so afraid. Oh. I can't wait. Well, she's supposed to be speaking tonight. And this is what we're up against. So the liars, oh, that's what I'm wondering. Are they evil or are they stupid? It doesn't matter how many Senate... Um, Senate Republican-controlled uh, Senate reports come out saying that Twitler is a is is a useful idiot for our anti-democratic a- um, adversaries that he loves. He loves these guys. Now, let me ask you: Every time I go on on to YouTube, now I don't know, maybe it's just me, but you probably find the same thing. When you go on YouTube, there's ads everywhere. And my ads are always, because I do this, they're all political. Not all, but I also get that guy, Alaric, who wants me to run an ad on YouTube. I, I wish I never, I don't know what I did. I signed up for something. I wanted to look at ads, getting some ads on YouTube, and every time... Everywhere I go, I see this freaking guy's face now. I feel like, come on, give me, can I get a minute over here, Alaric? But, you know what's so weird? I see, I'm looking at you guys. Hmm, it's so strange. Hey, thank you for Earth for your super chat. And thank you, JD, for your super chat. And thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Who did I miss? Anybody? and Shannon, and Terry Taylor. DeJoyless is telling us that he will not return our sorting machines. Yep. Because they're... A lot of them were destroyed. These are anti-American... These... The Republicans are the enemies that the founders warned us about. Absolutely. Let me see. I have to refresh my screen. I hope... I hope something. What? It says live stream is offline. Am I still streaming? 
Let me see. I hope so. Hold on, guys. I hope I, I hope it's just a false alarm. What in the world? Let me see. I can't even see the chat. Oh, you see and hear me. Okay. Thank you, Shannon. <laughs> see? That's why we are, it's a community produced show. Cuz I Cuz what happened was all of a sudden my screen went blank on YouTube and it said you're no longer streaming. So I'm glad that it was just it was just a false alarm. All right. I'm, I want to go over to... There's, there's a couple of things I want to do. We didn't get any patrons, but I wanted to do the show anyway. So I, I'm not sure how long we're going to be on for. Maybe... I don't know. I don't know if I could stand the Republican convention, but it's almost like watching a car crash. And... I don't know. Did you guys watch Twitter today accept the nomination? Are you kidding me? It was yet another stream of consciousness being dragged through Twitter's manias, a list of grievances, the and lies. So, why? Why do they show this? And then they go back, I'm watching MSNBC and they go back to the MSNBC studios after 50 minutes of this shit him going on and on about lies. Oh, we caught them. They were spying on our campaign. What? I mean, it makes me wonder. They're spying on your campaign? No, bitch. Your campaign was colluding with the Russians, as the Senate report confirmed. Whether you did it on accident because you're a bunch of dum-dums and doltards and greedy grifters who would get in bed with any blood-soaked dictator as long as you got yours. You didn't know what you're doing, and you still don't. You're a friggin' embarrassment, and I wish you were only comical, but you're dangerous. So that's why you were... You were the, the FBI was doing their job protecting this country from our adversaries, like Putin, you know, the guy who poisons people, who, who ends up killing journalists. Now, I often wonder how, what will we do if that ever starts happening here, if journalists start be disappearing? And I'm sure it's happened if I, now that I'm saying it, I'm sure it has happened. People might remind me of instances, but yeah, I wonder that because we're that close to tipping over the edge in this country. They're already, they've messed with our voting. They have ensured that the rich have so much money that we do, we can do nothing about their power, uh, if we allow it to continue. We're nothing. You understand? With That's why we get together and form a government, because that's our power, the power of e pluribus unum, to set the ground rules. And that's why you don't want somebody like a Bill Gates or a... It doesn't matter. Jeff Bezos... 
any one of them. Mike Bloomberg, none of them. There is no reason why a handful of, of oligarchs in a system where they can legally bribe. I mean, the, the corruption is outrageous. It's right out there in the open. So we only have each other. We have the power of, of our numbers, and we can't let it continue. That's why we, the people, can't let Jeff Bezos become a trillionaire. That's outrageous. Well, the American people can't save $400? Living or living check to check? Absolutely not. This is the stuff of dictatorships. Oh, so I'm sorry. You know what? I'm all over the place. What I was saying about Nina Turner and, and universal health care uh, earlier when I was saying that we don't have universal health care because of racism. It really is. So this is what we have to start doing. I was thinking today, you know, how the Democrats are so, they, they're, t- they're really tripping over themselves, the corporate Dems, to, to take a knee and to, uh, you know, they're tripping over themselves to be the, the, the king and queens of the platitudes. But what we have to start doing, just as we're reclaiming the mantle of patriotism, we have to start reframing our arguments, like not just in patriotism, right? So I, I, and that's good. We have to, we have to reframe our like universal health care as a patriotic imperative. It's not just nice, like you know, like taxing the rich. It's not just fair paying your fair share it is to prevent an aristocracy that can destroy democracy same thing with universal health care it's not just a nice thing to do it's a patriotic imperative but it's also about confronting our racist history the fact that we have a, a system that leaves millions behind of course who are those millions Who's affected more? Those who have always been affected more. That's why I say our African-American brothers and sisters are the canaries in the coal mine. So that's why we need universal health care. Because it will help. It's, it's, it's confronting racism. So we have to, this is what, how we will push Joe Biden. If you're not for universal health care, not only are you somebody that are, are, you know i mean you're a you you're useless you're you're not a patriot you're a friggin' racist boom that's how we're gonna win that argument you don't why you're afraid you don't want uh, you're fine with millions of americans m- primarily african americans or people of color as they say you're fine with people of color being left behind? It's true. And it's also, what is it about e pluribus unum? Don't you understand? It's exactly what Lee Atwater, you know, Lee Atwater was talking about. It's true what he was saying. I mean, his famous, okay, 
He says, you start out... This is Lee Atwater, who died of a brain tumor. He was a Republican operative and just an underhanded, dirty trickster. And he taught Karl Rove everything Karl Rove knows. He was Karl Rove's mentor. But when he was diagnosed with a brain tumor at the age of 44... I believe he was in his 40s. So a young, relatively young person. And who was meeting his maker? And he confronted himself. He was facing his, his, uh, you know, what we will all face is the fact that we are finite beings. So he, he realized he had harmed his country and harmed people. So he called up all of the people he harmed in the last months of his life to beg their forgiveness for the harm that he inflicted on them and the country. But before that, he, he started, he talked about the dog whistles. For example, this is one of his famous quotes. You start out in 1954 by saying, and I'm not going to say the word, but he says, N-word, N-word, N-word. By 1968, you can't say n-word that hurts you and it backfires so you say stuff like force busing wait there's something in my eyes ah. i can't see my eyes are broken so you start saying okay so you say stuff like force busing states rights and all that stuff and you're getting so abstract now you're talking about cutting taxes. And all these things you're talking about are totally economic things. And by a byproduct of them is blacks get hers, hurt worse than whites. We want to cut this is much more abstract than even busing, than the busing thing. Uh, and it's a hell of a lot more abstract than N-word, N-word, N-word. So there you go. He knows it. He's right there. He's stating it. Read between the lines. We don't have universal health care in this country. They were never able to bring it over the finish line because of racism. They had to, the same way they had to make the New Deal was, had to have car routes that left our African uh, uh, American brothers and sisters behind. That's the only way they were going to get a buy-in. So everywhere you look in this country, we have been suffering from systemic and systematic racism. From the, our, the attacks on unions to everything, for, to our upward immobility, everywhere you look. It's, I mean, it's the truth. So... We have to start really pushing for universal health care as part of our truth and reconciliation. How, it's, don't just say it. Show me. Don't just say, oh, you believe in uh, equality. You believe that we're all, that, that, that you're repel, rep, what is the word? That you're repulsed by racism show me we're in this together 
And I really believe that that's how we will start healing our country. Show me. Don't tell me. Show me. Universal health care. Uni- you know, we're, we are our brother's keepers. We're in this together. Universal higher education. The reason why we don't fund, um, we, we fund schools through par- property taxes is a racist policy. So let's call it out as such. You're not for universal higher education? Then you're clinging to the old racist policies. Absolutely. Let's see how long the DLC Democrats can dance around that. Um, and it's not about, it's not, uh, it's, we're not saying something that isn't true. It's absolutely true. And part of confronting our race's history is, you know, leaving no one behind. This is what you have to do, is policy. So, yeah. And we got to get rid of the Republicans. The Republicans are an irredeemable death cult. They're a greed-centered death cult. They are, they're dangerous because of the fact that they, it, they're like in every republic that has died. All the, the ones who, are ki- who kill the republic, they find willing co-conspirators. And look at the Republicans. Just that, the guy, you know, all of them. Jim Jordan. Same old, same old. The lies protecting this, this filthy con man. Wait a minute. Why is Eric Trump trending? But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I just wonder what it will take for the Republicans. I don't know. All right. Let me see. Let me think. The Republicans, we've said this all along, that they, there's, there's, there's some, they're incapable. They're incapable of functioning in a free democratic society. And I suppose that the ones who couldn't, couldn't handle it, you know, that understood what, what uh, the ends of the Republican Party look like, meaning the autocrat, that they're, I mean, of all of the people, they got to pick this one, this, this autocrat, he's got to be the autocrat, the one with the fake university, the one who can't, um, you know, he doesn't know where to put the apostrophe in Y-O-U-W-R. It's unbelievable. But there's so many of them. And in fact, there will be millions of them. Regardless of how many Americans die, they will vote for him. Now, 175,000 Americans are dead. And the Republicans, they interviewed the Republicans. Republicans are saying that This is an acceptable level of death. So, Twitler, he now remember Benghazi, 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 or Ebola. I think two people died under the Ebola pandemic. 
But Benghazi, six people died. We never heard the end of that, and we still won't. But a hundred and this is your party of personal responsibility, your pro-life party. It's disgusting. That's your culture of life? 175,000 Americans dead in three months. A culture of life. So, who? a culture of life that is really nothing but um, a cult of personality. Remember during Obama. This is what I can't, I can't stand about Republicans. The entire time Obama was in office, they criticized him. Or at least they pretended to criticize him. They would criticize him about anything, including his tan suit and his wife and, their, and his children, everything about him. And zero scandals. Meanwhile, Twitler gets up there in front of the corporate media and everybody else who will listen and talks about, oh, the scandals of the Obama administration. There were zero scandals. And Republicans, Fox News, the entire time Obama was in office, he wants to be a king. They think, he thinks he's an emperor, the imperial presidency. And the other thing, remember John McCain? The big criticism of Obama, he's, a biggest, he's the biggest celebrity in the world. Me- meanwhile, then they go and get a tax-cheating, draft-dodging con man because he played a successful businessman on reality television. Everything about them. How can, some, how can an entire population of people, even though they're a minority population... How can they be so, just so messed up, so wedded to fallacy? That's why I'm like, please secede. I go from how, you know, how can we have a functioning society when people don't even believe their own Senate reports? They don't believe anything. There is no agreement on truth anymore. We can't, we, there's no way we can move forward together when we can't even agree on what, is re, what reality is. And everything that they touch turns to shit. Now, I'm sick of it, really. I really am. <laughs> I don't know. Have you caught on to that yet, that I'm sick of it? Let's see. I'm trying to find this article. Where is it? Yes, now it's getting a lot of play in the corporate media, but Tim Alberta from Politico, he writes, earlier this month, this is an article called The Grand Old Meltdown. What happens when a party gives up on ideas? In case you haven't noticed, the Republican Party, they have no platform anymore. They're, I mean, there's, they're too busy killing 170,000 Americans and doing nothing about a pandemic except whining and lying and telling people not to wear masks and telling people to liberate their states when 
We're trying to get the goddamn pandemic under control. I mean, really, the friggin' Al-Qaeda couldn't have been as successful as this Republican death cult. It's really the dreams, the dreams of all our enemies coming true with the Republicans. So here he writes, earlier this month, while speaking via Zoom to a promising group of politically inclined high school students, I was met with an abrupt line of inquiry. I'm sorry, but I still don't understand, said one young man, his pitch a blend of curiosity and exasperation. What do Republicans believe? What does it mean to be a Republican? Well, you, yeah, what it is, I'll tell you right now, owning the libs and whatever Donald Trump says. That's the new Republican, that's their platform. Whatever Donald Trump says, we, th- we say, we think. So I wonder, you know, we know we, we have Republicans on tape saying things like, Donald Trump is a pathological liar. He is an idiot. He's a moron. He's unfit. And these are all the ones that are now supporting him. You know, the Lindsey Grahams, the Rand Pauls, the Ted Cruz. So we know that there's somewhere they must understand reality. So I guess the question, to answer my question, my own question is, they, they got to be evil. So some of them are stupid, yeah, but the rest of them are evil. The Republicans in charge, the ones with power, they must be the evil ones who, who play who uh, the other ones are the marks, you know? They play these idiots. Because they know. They've already said it when they say the truth about Trump. And they, but they don't have the integrity. They don't have the courage or anything that it, re- that a, it requires, anything re- that a free democratic republic requires of them. If they were really patriots, would they really hand this country over to somebody like Twitler, a liar. Everybody knows he's a liar, even his own sister. You've heard the tapes, his sister? Here, let me see. Do I have it? It's mind-boggling. But that's all about his base. All he wants to do is appeal to his base. He has no principles. I'm none. None. And his base, I mean, my God, if you're a religious person, you want to help people. Not do this. Pennsylvania, I guess he had somebody to take his exams. No way. 
hard to hear let me read it it's very noisy sorry about that if you're listening on if you're just listening on the podcast it must have hurt your ears but his sister says he went to Fordham for one year and then he got into University of Pennsylvania I guess he had somebody take the exams Mary Trump says no way he had someone take his entrance exams and the sister says SATs or whatever. That's what I believe. I even remember the name. Yes, Joe Sapiro. I'm not sure if he's still alive, but sure, he took the test. And Mary Trump says, how did you know him? How did Donald know him? And his sister says, through high school. He always wired the tests. He was a great test taker. You know, they have people who do that. Of course he took... Trump didn't pass his SATs. Are you kidding me? He can't even spell there, there, and... I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> he can't spell it's ridiculous either. It's an embarrassment. That's the other thing about Republicans and Twitler. He's supposed to be so smart and so... He's, such, he's got a very good brain, right? But all of the, the best education he brags about, he went to this great school or whatever, and all of that education, and he's still an ignorant doltard. That's worse. You know, there are people that never went to college, and they're amazing f- and intelligent people. It depends on who, who you are. If you're, you have to have an intellectual curiosity. And that's one thing that Republicans, it doesn't seem like they possess intellectual curiosity. They're not the ones that are going to be sitting around on the internet researching history and looking up. I mean, that's why I, I always think about Republicans when I'm, well, not always. I think about them as, you know, like uh, a a parasite sucking on a host of this body politic. Of course, I think about them in that way. I'm not always thinking about them. But I think when I see them, their behavior online, and you look, about, look at, the, at the Internet. The, you have a whole window onto the world. You could learn about any culture. You could go back in time. You can research. You can read the classics. And the best that Republicans can do, uh, what, is get on, get on my channel and call me uh, a dyke or something? You know what I mean? It just doesn't, they, they, they're just boring. They're boring. Ignorance. Oh, well, I guess what else they do? They go online and they, they go on QAnon. Wow, we're in big trouble. Okay, I want to thank Shannon for your super chat. Thank you, Terry Taylor. Thank you, JD and Jim. And for Earth and Patricia for your super chat. If you're not on our Discord page, 
please join our Discord, and you can hang out in between shows, share, share your, whatever, share anything. Well, except a dick pic. Don't share that. And, you know, I'd like to see your pets. All right? I like pets. I like, well, do you have a whole vegetarian recipe section? Yeah. We got a lot of stuff. People are posting their, their stories. Actually, while we're talking about this, I'm going to go to one of the sections on our Discord page called Introduce Yourself. And I hope you don't mind. I'm going to read a couple of them. Because this is who we're hanging out with. And I want to tell everybody we're, we're in good company. We're all... This is the community we're building, and it really, I'm, uh, I'm completely blown away. Shadowhawk writes, Well, as you've heard my voice on the phone with Tara, here I find myself introducing myself again. I'm a lifelong lesbian, was thrown out of my home by my father when I was 17 in 1975. Southern Baptist raised. I was living in Anchorage, Alaska at the time became a member of the MCC church there where I found safe harbor amidst the never-ending police hassles, overdoses of others like myself in the bathroom of bars, the never-ending threats of bombs, gunfire, men threatening to harm my community there. Basically grew up in the gay community. Moved to Fairbanks, Alaska when I lived, where I lived in a cabin with no electricity or water. Learned to run my sled dogs and survive. Graduated from the University of Alaska Fairbanks with a degree in counseling psychology. I grew up losing my sight, hearing, and balance. I'm also autistic. Champion, defender, warrior for those who have been disenfranchised. Published author, short stories and poetry. Serving now on the statewide independent living council as vice chair and working with a group called Action here in Reno, Nevada. I grew up in Palu, Hawaii, and Alaska. Lived in Vermont for 16 years. Basically prefer living alone with my service pups. I have one more year to complete my education in ministry as I enjoy serving with our pastoral care team. Unapologetic Unapologetic Episcopalian progressive and 33 years sober. Now there's a life well lived and what a story to use and I'm I'm so touched and blown away. Really. Thank you. Really thank you for being a part of this community and for all you do. These are the incredible kick-ass people. That's just one person that we are getting to know here in our Tarabusta community. I, I, I'm blown away. And also, when you read that story, you know, kicked out of your house as a, as a young person, but using all that pain to help other people, that's what we do. That's what it means to be a human being, frankly. So none of that pain is, la- is wasted and lost. We turn that into our, that's our most treasured, that's our treasured 
experiences that we can use to help others. And that's, the, that's progressive. That's your progressive heart. It's the heart of, I don't know, it is the heart of E Pluribus Unum. And I want to thank you for sharing it. So please join our Discord page and share your story, too. Here's Haiku. Our, he's our moderator. Who is Haiku? Unapologetically Gen X, Gen X, cis white male living in Colorado, Trumplandia, rounding the second half of 50, champion of women's rights, Black Lives Matter, no person is illegal, Medicare for all and living wages, of a diverse family, college, college educated, animal lover, known to rescue, <laughs> yes, self-employed, non-practicing visual artist, hopeful drummer, first heard of Tara Buster, clip on a progressive voices and was hooked, been listening to Tara since Thomas, when that was, uh, when, well, I'm back on FYI Nation, Started following on SoundCloud, moved to YouTube, contacted Tara with free ideas, requested mod status, and exploring the deep old soul on a return journey. Here for diversity of experience, thoughts, friends, old and new. And I want to know what makes you be you. Isn't that great? Thank you. Amazing. Thank you all. And Greg, I want to read Greg's. Because his is crazy. And, well, all of us. I got to read everybody. I'm sorry. Greg writes. He's the, he really is the number one Terror Buster fan. So this really made my day when I heard this. Because I was having a particularly bad day. And I read Greg's, his, <laughs> his submission. Hi, my name is Greg. And I'm an, I am an addicted Terror Buster fan and patron. I first heard Terror Buster a few years ago and became totally mesmerized by her voice and what she says with it about the whole wide wacky world we live in today. The more I listened to Tara Buster, the more I knew I needed to hear even more Tara Buster. And soon I became powerless over my Tara Buster addiction. I began to make sure I listened to Tara every Sunday, I mean every Saturday, and I also listened to a lot of her past podcasts on YouTube and SoundCloud, and I even excitedly joined her chat room on YouTube and followed her here on Discord, too. Eventually, as my Tara Buster addiction grew and grew, I felt I had to feed and keep it alive, so I also became a Tara Buster patron. The money I donate each month to Tara Buster is the best money I've ever spent, <laughs> this is crazy, in my whole miserable life. It's not miserable. Other than the times I bought a Honda motorcycles and tickets to 12 years worth of UND Lady Sue basketball games. You couldn't pay me a million dollars to walk across the street and watch the Dream Team. Wait, you couldn't pay me a million to walk across the street and watch the Dream Team play ball, but I'd g gladly drive 100 miles to North Co to go to through a snow blizzard to see the Lady Sue play again. LOL. I would also do anything to help Tara Buster grow so it could be on every day like Tara hopes, even though if Tara Buster ever does have thousands of patrons, that will mean 
a less intimate chat room for us OG terrors that the uh, OG terror busters. But oh well, it's what Tara wants, so I say as you wish. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. All right, and who else? We got KT. Right. Hi everyone, longtime progressive from mid from the Midwest. Lots of labels describe me. Gen Xer, mom, grandmother, writer, web developer, nerd, vegetarian, home cook. I try to be sensitive and effective ally for, <clears throat> POs, for people of color and the LGBT community. I also I have a rescue cat, and I'm planning to adopt a dog this year as well. I work in the software industry from home, often late into the evening, so it's a treat to be able to listen to Tara's show on weeknights. I first heard about Tara through Mike Malloy, been listening for a few years, and became a patron this year. Thank you. All right, guys. That's just our aside. I really appreciate you all sharing yourself. I feel like it's great. We're we're building a community. I feel like, I, I don't know, I kind of like let it all hang out on the here. Maybe not as much as Greg would like, but I appreciate you guys sharing as well because it feels like I'm getting to know you as well. And I like that. Yes. And Shannon, we're waiting for Shannon to get on there. She's got a story. God damn it. And she is also an amazing artist as well. So I want her to put her art on there and also has some pretty cute pugs as well. All right. This, let's get back to Twitter. I wanted to, let me see what's going on on C-SPAN. I just want to see what these freaks are talking about. It's frightening, really. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Let's finish that article that I was reading. I know I got off track. My brain has not been well lately, I have to tell you. I feel like I'm all over the place, and you probably, I don't know, maybe it's me being hyper critical of myself. I'm just, I, it's, it's a hard time, and I know I'm not alone. <laughs> This whole country is going through a really hard time. And I feel like I'm suffering from PTSD, frankly. So I get kind of depressed. I've been getting more depressed about the whole, about everything. So, so much so, I have, uh, my shrink actually put me on antidepressants for the first time in about, I don't know maybe 15 years. I haven't done any, but I've been really depressed. I've been like clinically. So see, I'm, che I'm cheering up just talking about it. All right. Let's get back to bashing them to the Republicans, the, the task at hand. As Tim Alberta writes in The Grand Old Meltdown for Politico, you could, f and he's talking about a kid who asked, what does it mean to be a Republican? You could forgive a 17-year-old who's come of age during Donald Trump's reign. Oh, my God. 
for failing to recognize a cohesive doctrine that guides the president's party. The supposed canons of the GOP orthodoxy, limited government, free enterprise, institutional conservatism, moral rectitude, fiscal restraint, it's, what a joke, global leadership, please, have in recent years gone from elastic to expendable. Identifying this intellectual vacuum is easy enough. Far more difficult is answering the question of what quite specifically has filled it. Bumbling through a homily about the culture wars, a horribly overused cliche, I felt exposed. Despite spending more than a decade studying the Republican Party, embedding myself both with its generals and its foot soldiers, reporting on the right as closely as anyone, I did not have a good answer to the student's question. Vexed, I began to wonder who might. Not an elected official, that would result in rhetorical exercise devoid, devoid of introspection. Not a never-Trumper, they would have as much reason to answer disingenuously as the most fervent MAGA-follower. I hate this whole both-sides bullshit, frankly. Oh, no, you can't ask a never-Trumper? Because, what do you, why? Why not? I wouldn't ask a MAGA follower because clearly they're delusional. I decided to call Frank Luntz. Oh, he's another one. He's the one that was part of the caucus room conspiracy. Oh, my God. I'm just looking it up. You know what the caucus room conspiracy is. It, for those who don't know, it was the the night of President Obama's inauguration, the Republican Party, many high leaders in the Republican Party, including not even elected leaders like Frank Luntz and um, who else was there? Newt Gingrich, people who aren't, you know, on the, you know, a bunch of friggin' doesn't matter if they're elected or not. Republicans receive fewer votes and they, they drag us through their manias. So they met at the caucus room, a restaurant in Washington, D.C., at, on the night of Obama's inauguration, and they came up with a plan to obstruct, block, prevent Obama from doing anything in order to cause harm to the American people so it would be advantageous to the Republican Party. Now, you have to remember that when Obama took office, we were in the near next Republican Great Depression. So the Amer American people were suffering. So they were, they, they colluded and plotted to ensure that the American people would be, would be hurt. So this, is, this guy decides to call Frank Luntz. That's who Frank Luntz is. He was there. And it drives me insane. This is what gets me insane about the corporate media. They have, they'll put Frank Luntz on. They never tell you who he is. They say he's a Republican pollster. They don't even say Republican pollster. They'll say a pollster. That he's just getting, um, he's, you know, he conducts focus groups. But they don't give his full context. Of course not. 
that he's somebody that came up with um, death panels. Uh, what else? Death tax. Oh, don't call it the, the, the estate tax. Call it the death tax. If anybody, next to Lee Atwater, you could say that Frank Luntz has done more harm to the American people. But funny enough, I doubt he'll get on the phone when he, he's meet, ready to meet his maker and start calling people to apologize for the harm he's done to this country. And you know, that's, that's the other thing about being a liberal, being a normal person. You don't really see you, um, liberals having to pick up the phone and call people to apologize for the harm they've done to the country. That's only the Republicans because they're filthy liars. And, for, and Karl Rove, George Bush, I mean, all of these people, they've done They've done their part, dragging us into this hell, making Twitler possible, all for greed. That's it, greed and power for themselves and their pals so they can go on the golf course, smoke cigars, and come up with plots and plans to separate us from our money and our democracy. Because they're nobodies, you know? In their heart, they're small, tiny people. They never get out, go out of their way to help anybody. Look at the way they attack President Carter, who is a decent human being. That's what Republicans do to decent people. They vilify them. Somebody like Carter, who is, who is an actual evangelical who actually believed in Jesus's teachings not just the what the part about what Jesus never said about gay bashing not like Mike Pence to these fake ass Christians gay bashing is the only um it's the only religious imperative it's the only holy obligation That's it. Forget feeding the poor. Forget your brother's keeper. Gay bash. Mike Pence. That's the other thing when I was watching the Republican convention. They're into, who was, I think it was, um, what's his name? The governor, what's his freaking face? Scott Walker was introducing Mike Pence saying, he really believes in Jesus. Shut up. If Jesus came back, they'd crucify him again. The conservatives, these mother effers, they're the same ones who crucified him the first time. That's for sure. Make me sick, these people. So, as he says, I decided to call Frank Luntz. Perhaps no person alive has spent more time polling Republican voters and counseling Republican politicians than Luntz, the 58-year-old focus group guru. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's all 
rewrite history. Let's all forgive everybody their sins, I suppose. Without them having to atone, that's for sure, right? His research on policy and messaging has informed a generation of GOP lawmakers. Yeah, he's screwed us. He's lied to the American people. Death tax? You got the assholes to say, yeah, I don't want no death tax. You know, the tax that you'll never pay because it only applies to the 1.1.1.1%. So that it is a patriotic tax that prevents an intergenerational aristocracy. Republicans, they can't have that. They have to have their aristocracy because these are the agents of the of oligarchy these are people dragging us back to the system the founders rebelled against absolutely so when frank luntz goes on about a death tax we got to put it in perspective yes it's not just about oh we hate taxes you know republicans hate taxes not for you though because in order for them not to pay taxes you got to pay more and get less but they really hate democracy. That's their real problem. That's not, it's not government, it's democracy. They like government just fine. So I decided to call Frank Luntz. Perhaps no person alive has spent more time polling Republican voters and counseling Republican politicians than Luntz, the 58-year-old focus group guru his research on policy and messaging has informed a generation of gop lawmakers his ability to translate between dc and the provinces connecting the concerns of everyday people to their representatives in power has been unsurpassed if anyone had an answer it would be luntz you know quote quote unquote I don't have a history of dodging questions, but I do know how to answer that. There is no consistent philosophy, Luntz responded. You can't say it's about making America great again at a time of COVID and economic distress and social unrest. It's just not credible. Luntz thought for a moment. I think it's about promoting, he stopped suddenly, but I can't, I don't, he took a pause. That's the best I can do. When I pressed Luntz, when I pressed, Luntz sounded as exasperated as the student whose question I was relaying. Look, I'm only, I'm the only guy who's going to give you a straight answer. I don't give a shit. I had a stroke in January, so there's nothing anybody can do to make my life suck, he said. I've tried to give you an answer, and I can't do it. You can't ask it any different way, but I don't know the answer. For the first time in my life, I don't know the answer. Because you're, you're a scam artist. The first time in your life? Every fourth summer, a presidential nominating convention gives occasion to apprise a party for its ideas, its principles, its vision for governing. Recent iterations of the GOP have been easily and expertly defined. Ronald Reagan's party wanted to end the scourge of communism and slay the bureaucratic dragons of big government. 
George W. Bush's party aimed to pro- project compassion and fortitude. Oh, yeah. Didn't you feel all that compassion? And fortitude, educating poor Americans and treating AIDS-stricken Africans while simultaneously confronting the advance of Islamic terrorism. Yeah, by invading a country that didn't attack us and creating a future, how many future generations of Islamic terrorists? Right? God. This is why... The country, uh, uh, this is why I get despondent, frankly, because it's, we're so full of shit. Everybody. You can't, oh, oh, it's not us. We're not full of shit. It's the people in power. Does that, is that a requirement when you get to a certain point? I guess if you're a coward and you don't care about your country and you just want to protect your own ass, then you're then you act and sound like this you st- you buy the bullshit george bush's party was about compassion and fortitude confronting the advance of islamic terrorism by starting an illegal war based on lies and turning the Middle East into an incubator for terrorists. However flawed the party, I mean the policies, however unsuccessful their execution, a tone was set in these parties from the top down. But it's all bullshit. They stood for something, for something manifest, even if that party, wait, wait, even if that something was not always or even usually practiced by the members of the party. If you think about the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, they're all about ideas. Parties were supposed to be about ideas, said Mark Sanford, the former South Carolina governor and congressman who ran a short-lived primary against Trump. John Adams was an ornery guy. But he believed in his ideas. On the other side, Thomas Jefferson, he certainly didn't didn't live up to the ideas he he espoused, but shoot, at least he talked about them. Nowadays, it's just regression to the lowest common denominator on everything. It scares me. You keep this way of a cult of personality, you will kill our republic. Well, that's always been the point of the Republican Party. I am sorry to inform you, Mark Sanford. You're full of shit, too. All of them. That's always been, you know, at least we could say about us, we may, I, I like, for example, I'll, put, I'll just personalize it. I may have, reg, I'm a registered Democrat, but I realize what the Democratic Party is. I understand that the power structure in the Democratic Party is a corporate-owned power structure. It's a neoliberal, frustratingly so, power structure. And I'm on Nina Turner's team. It has to be, that dragon has to be slain. And we're working on it. But these Republicans... The party of personal responsibility? Do they have the ability 
to take personal responsibility? I don't think so. In order to take personal responsibility, you have to look at yourself, honestly. What is working? What's not working? Don't give me this bullshit. You're all about compassion and fortitude? And fighting Islamic terrorism? Give me a break. You've never been about that. You've been about lies. Always about lies. And money funneled to the top. And also destroying democracy. So we don't have the means to do anything about it. That's it. Stop. I'm so sick of it. Us, the... All of those people, all of this, the establishment, these writers, corporate media, the mouthpieces, the Frank Luntzes, all of them, full of shit. And peddling, not just peddling, shoveling it right down at us. And many of us, we don't know. A lot of people just go gobble, gobble, gobble and eat it up. There's no historical context. There's no connecting the dots. Frank Luntz, the, uh, the epic pollster. Pol- that's all. That's all he is, right? He's not a colluding co-conspirator in the caucus room conspiracy. I'm just going to call up my old pal Frank Luntz, who helped the Republicans uh, bring Donald Trump to fruition by destroying... Well, also, I mean, the thing about, about Obama that was frustrating was his, his... I don't know what it was. His constantly trying to work with the these filthy Republicans as if they had an interest in working with him. They don't have an interest. It's time for us to get real. And, well, whatever, we ain't getting real. We'll get real. The DLC Democrats will not get real on this until we make them get real. Because they're not... As we, as we saw in their <laughs> convention, please. I mean, even the lies, think about the lies of that are so easily proven, too, with the Republican Party. Even today, listening to Twitler, when he's taking, you know, he's accepting oh, he, this big, giant, Ugly, ugly, orange, disgusting, giant, greasy pores. Ugh. Orange, doltard, lumbering dinosaur. Ugh, everything. Ugly, ugly, just ugly from the inside out. He goes on the stage and he starts talking about how the Democrats took God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. We took God out. You know, well, Joe Biden's going to hurt God, as we know, as he's... It's such a lie, and an easily proven lie. But it doesn't matter if it's a lie. 
they will repeat it again and again. So they have absolutely no shame. And they don't care about this country. They want the American people to be, to be hurt. They want us at each other's throats. If they really cared about the American people, they would try to heal the division. Why would you say that the, the Democratic Party took God out of the Pledge of Allegiance when it's not true? And then when it is, when we show, here, here, Here's the little kid saying the pleasure of, the, of allegiance. And there it is, right there, under God. Doesn't matter. The stinking, filthy, disgusting, orange, d- gross, greasy con man will repeat it. And the Republicans will repeat it. And their idiots will repeat it. And their stupid, stupid, Goddamn victims will repeat it. Exactly. Peter Griffin says on the chat, when was under God added in 1953? It was only added as, yeah, because we were fighting the godless communists. It shouldn't even be there. You're right. But Republicans are, I mean, they're lying. That's just the point. In the pledge, the Democrats, when they said the Pledge of Allegiance, they said, under God. It's a freaking lie and an easily provable lie. And any of the idiots who repeat it could go and look at the video, look at the tape. But don't worry. The Republicans will will repeat it again and again and because Doltard repeated it. And the corporate media had the camera there spreading the lie. So all those millions of people that happened to, let's say, walk by a television at that time and heard, what, the Democrats took under God out of the pledge? That's abhorrent. They didn't get to hear an hour later when the... The, the corporate media mouthpieces broke back in and they were talking about, well, you know, that was just a whole litany of lies... It's too late. You amplified the lies. Why? For God's sakes, why? Why do they show him? You know why? Because it's good for ratings, and that's why, you know, he may not be good for CBS, but he's good for... Well, no, he's not. he may not be good for America, but he's good for CBS. And that's all that matters. And that's why, you know, we're here. And that's why we ask you to support the liberal media, the real liberal media. Otherwise, we're done. I'm, I'm not just saying that. We need a liberal media or we're done. And this is the liberal media. It's me. Hanging by a thread. Cats walking behind me, sometimes jumping on my lap. Sometimes me... I don't know, breaking down in tears. (laughs) But definitely drinking coffee. Oh, my God. It never stops. That's why it's like, what? Where do I live? Where is this? Oh, also, there's so many things. 
that happened. That's why we have to do a show every day. I'm sorry, guys. You know that. When we only do a two-hour show on the weekends, it goes by like that, and it's not enough. This can't be a once-a-week thing. It has. We gotta. We need more patrons. Let's put it that way. If you can be a patron, go to patreon.com slash Tara Devlin and become a patron. Even if you're not a patron, you can join us on our Discord page. I And I encourage you to do that. All right. Why is Atlas Shrug Shrugged trending? Oh, did somebody mention it on that filthy, disgusting, doltard horror show I don't know where was I where is this article that's annoying the hell out of me okay let's get to the let's get to the meat of the meta as well I don't eat meat but what is what did Mike Pence say we're not gonna let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cut America's meat Ew. <laughs> Paging Dr. Freud. Cut America's meat. America's meat. Meat. See, I, I grabbed those clips. Meat. <laughs> America's meat. Meat. I love the way he says it. America's meat. We're not... And I love the fake... Yeah, the rising fake outrage... We're not going to let Kamala Harris and Joe Biden cut America's meat. And he waits for the applause. Cut America's meat. Shut up. But you will let America's meat be filled with shit, though, right? And toenails. Yeah, look it up. If you're just coming into the show, you don't know what I'm talking about. The filthy, disgusting... Republicans, Twitter, they, they respect you so much. They respect the American people so much. They took the inspectors off the, the, the FDA inspectors off the slaughter, the murder line. And they, and Twitter signed an executive order allowing shit and toenails, all kinds of things that you can't digest in the, into America's meat. <laughs> exactly. What? Where is? Where can you find a lot of shit? America's meat. Is that a proper way? They well, the FDA inspectors who blew the whistle said that America's meat is ninety percent of of America's meat. America's all right, meat. America's meat. All right, all right. <laughs> All right. America's meat. Meat. <laughs> is tainted. So, eat up. Meat. All right, Pence. Enough. All right, where are we? Where am I? Who am I? Let's get to the bottom of this article. If you think about the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution. Did I read this already? 
Yes, yes, I did. Let me get it. Uh, it can now safely be said as his first term in the White House draws towards closure that Donald Trump's party is the very definition of a cult of personality. Absolutely. It stands for no special ideal. It possesses no organizing principle. It represents no detailed vision for governing. Filling the vacuum is a lazy, identity-based populism that draws from the lowest common denominator. What is this goddamn article? Keep popping around. If it agitates the base, if it lights up a Fox News chiron, if it serves to alienate sturdy, real Americans from delicate coastal elites, bullshit, then it's got a place in the grand old party. Owning the libs and pissing off the media, shrugs Brendan Beck, a longtime senior congressional aide, an imperturbable party veteran. Did I say that right? If ever there were one. That's what we believe now, and there's really not much more to it. With Election Day just a few months away, I was genuinely surprised. In the course of recent conversations with a great many Republicans at their, inavil- at their inability to articulate a purpose, a designation, a raison d'etre for the party, everyone understands that Trump is a big-picture sloganeer. Build the wall, make America great again, rather than a policy aficionado. Even so, it's astonishing how conceptually lifeless the party has become on his watch. There's no blueprint to fix what is understood to be a broken immigration system. There's no grand design to modernize the nation's infrastructure. There's no creative thinking about conservative market-based solution to climate change. F you! Market-based solution. This is why I hate them. We have... A market-based solution now. It's called an uninhabitable planet. God, these people. This is why they're a cult. There is no meaningly, uh, meaningful effort to address the cost of housing or child care or college tuition. None of the erstwhile bold ideas proposed by the likes of Newt Gingrich and Paul Ryan term limits, a balanced budget amendment, reforms to Social Security. You know what that means. Anti-poverty uh, programs have survived as serious proposals. Heck, even after a decade spent trying to repeal the Affordable Care Act, Republicans still have no plan to replace it. Because the ACA is the Republican health care plan. I wish they would follow it up with that, with the truth, but, you know... Hence, here we go. This is what we're talking about. Everyone is, is embedded in bullshit. Trust me, if they did, you'd hear about it. This is what he writes. Why doesn't he write that because, the reason they don't have an alternative to the ACA is because the ACA is their plan. And Obama's problem is that he, he tried to appeal to these freaks. These Republican fascist bastards who have no interest in democracy by peddling their, their goddamn policies right back at them, saying, here you go, be my friend. Please, will you be my friend now? Look, I took the 
public option off the table. Will you be my friend now? Will you work with, will you be my team of rivals, please? No. Jesus Christ. He talk about pining for your abuser like a battered spouse. Is the cupboard totally bare? Of course not. Members of the of Congress and of course not. This is what he's writing. Members of Congress employ legislative personnel for a purpose. There will always be paper packets gathering dust in subcommittee offices to ward off accusations of intellectual complacency. Some of these efforts are more earnest than others. These days, GOP lawmakers would point to bills touching on areas such as military readiness and intellectual property, which they consider pieces of coherent and forward-looking national security policy. They would also admit, however, that these measures, which tend to attract bipartisan interest, are hardly the stuff of TV commercials and five-point campaign plans. Oh, my God. When I called one party elder, he joked that it's a good thing Republicans decided not to write a new platform for the 2020 convention because they have produced nothing novel since the last one was written. I would say they've produced nothing novel since time immemorial, since we crawled out of the goddamn primordial ooze. Holy Christ, on a bike. Let me see what's going on. Trying to go to this stupid convention. All right. Trump and his party have relied more on squabbles than solutions in delivering for their base. Even some of the president's staunchest supporters concede Buck's point in this regard. The party is now defined primarily by its appetite for conflict, even when that conflict serves no obvious policy goal. Oh, Jesus Christ. What is this shit? Let's let's dip into the convention for a second and see what this bitch is talking about. Hold on. La da dee. Safari. How come I can't hear her? Oh. Faith in America. But I'm worried we have a generation of Americans who have been told <gasps> that the American dream doesn't exist. Um Excuse me? You're worried that you have found a, uh, there's a generation of Americans who say the American, they've been told the American dream doesn't exist? Hold on a second. Hold on, everybody. Talk amongst yourself for a second. La, 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 la. You, the American dream is dead. Hold on, hold on. Sad. Hold on. I know. I'm sorry. This is why I'm asking you to become a patron because we, I can be like, okay, give me that clip. The American dream is dead. Okay. We just dipped into the Republican convention. I'm afraid that we will, we, we are raising a generation of Americans to think, to not believe in the American dream. 
Oh, are you really that afraid, honey? I'm so... That's terrible when people think like... The American dream... What? ...is dead. Isn't that horrible? Where would they get that notion? Of course, here's what I'm talking about. Yet again, all we did by accident. I didn't plan that. We we just said, hey, let's see what's going on with the Republican convention. Because I'm hoping C-SPAN doesn't hit me with a copyright, a copyright strike. I know, because I live that dream. That's why I feel so strongly that we need a president who believes in the American dream like President Donald Trump. Am I out of my mind here? This, this bitch has the nerve? Oh my God, the cats are fighting. Badly, Stop the it. American dream is dead. <laughs> he believes in the American dream. It's cognitive dissonance meets the Dunning-Kruger effect yet again in the Republican, whatever this is, the monster show. Francis, stop it. They're fighting. Can't we all just get along? Francis, hey, hey. Stop it. Jesus Christ. I'm just spraying the air because they don't like that noise. Oh, my God. Stop. Fucking shit. Tara Jr. Now I'm throwing things at them. Stop it. Holy Christ. I am officially running for president of the United States is dead. <laughs> if only. All right, let's go back to this. The American dream is dead. But we need somebody who believes in the American dream. You know, like the guy who said the American dream is dead. Now more than ever, I am so thankful that my prayers for help were answered. Ew. My company was one of the first to receive a PPP loan. And praise God, it has been a lifesaver. Praise God. Not only were we able to keep every single You're welcome. employee... But we've been hiring weekly ever since. Oh, boy. I feel for local it's businesses about across you. America who are under assault from shutdowns, from riots, and now facing the terrifying prospect of Joe Biden coming after it's terrifying. everything we've built. <laughs> we've built so everything we've built? Like mass graves? Gee, we have so many mass... I am so terrified. I won't be able to pray to my Jesus over the mass graves that my amazing president, who says the American dream is dead, but while supporting the American dream, will uh, has brought upon us. And I am praying to Jesus that if he ever comes back, he better not, because I will crucify him again. 
since I'm the person that, like me, thousands of years ago, crucified him to begin with. You know what I mean? So grateful we have leaders like President Trump. Leaders? Standing up for local businesses like mine. Thank what? You, President Trump. It is exciting to be part of the great American comeback. Wow. The great American comeback. Like, where are we coming back from? Obama was handed the second Republican Great Depression and gave Twitler an economy on the rise. Well, for the rich, of course. But the great American comeback? Did that, does that include 40 million out of work, 175,000 dead? I am so glad. The terrifying future of Joe Biden? Really? Story. A comeback story. You know, we had a black president and all. We got to come back from that. How, who could ever come back from such a hellscape of having a black man in the White House. And all people, not, you know, not at each other's throats. Well, that's not true. Wow, look at that production value. Oh, oh. Congressman Matt Gates. I'm speaking to you from an auditorium emptier than Joe Biden's daily schedule. But we are a nation of full uh. hearts and clear minds. We see the choice clearly. Strength or weakness, energy or confusion, what? success or failure. Success? President Trump is the first president since Reagan not to start a new war. <laughs> Biden has foolishly cheerled decades of war without winning, without end. President Trump knows we are strongest when we fight hardest, not in distant deserts, but for our fellow Americans. Holy shit. We must fight to save America now, or we may lose her forever. Joe Biden might not even notice. Settle for Biden. That's the hashtag promoted by AOC and the socialists. The Woketopians will settle for Biden because the woke they will make him an extra in a movie you know. written, produced, and directed by others. Because... The woke, the Woketopians, the, the socialists, we're, we should be mocked for caring about other people. You know, we're too woke. Stay asleep and not give a shit about anybody else but yourself. That's the Republican way. In a country of 320 million diverse people with a motto, e pluribus unum. It sounds like somebody is not... Didn't get the memo. You know, the Woketopians, the PC police that expect us, or uh, they, they get on our cases when we call people the N-word or the B-word or the F-word. You know, oh, we, we're free Americans. We're tired of this PC Woketopian police asking us to be human that's just way over our head, being human. That's out of our, that, that, that's so socialist. That's so democratic. We're supposed to be, you know, every, 
every man and woman for themselves. Well, forget women. Every man for himself. Isn't that the Republican way? As long as that man is a fake billionaire who played a successful billionaire, well, millionaire, on reality TV. The one who... He knows success. He's so successful. He was the biggest, largest, single American taxpayer loser. He wasn't meaning he didn't pay his taxes. He got a lot of money back because he was the single biggest loser of all American taxpayers. Somebody had to be, and it was him. And that ain't fake news. That's, we got the receipts. But that's what Republicans say. That's success. We got to teach somebody. Somebody, no, who's going to teach us about success more than the one who is a is plays a successful businessman? The one who real successful businessmen mock and laugh at. I mean the. The real successful businessman, they never called up Trump and said, hey, get Trump in on this successful business deal. Well, Trump was too busy peddling his multi-level marketing vitamin scam that he bankrupted in two years. And his his bankrupt Trump shuttle and his disgusting Trump stakes. Ugh, God, look at these people. Look at him. Matt Getz, is that a real hairdo? Is that a real face? Or does, did you, where did you get that face? It's fake. The story they write in Hollywood, that's if the lights even stay on in California anymore. Oh, a state oh, oh. that cannot keep power running for its own people should not send its junior senator to be vice president. They used to write only in fiction. But nightmares are becoming real. <laughs> nightmares. Killed, children shot. At the Democrat convention, they say... The, the Democrat convention. The Democrat convention. Strategy. Oh, you child. The Democrat convention. They can't even say the name. Because this is a party of grifters. That's all they have. They're... Children. You don't want to give kids... The power to what? Elect a con man? They can't even say the name of the Democratic Party. This is not a party interested in governing, in interesting and in, interested in coalitions. How about it, Joe Biden? Get it, get it in your head. Look at this, this display. The Democrat Convention? No, bitch. It drives me insane. You know why? Because, well, that's what they, who cares? I don't care if they get off on it. That's what you need. Oh, own the libs by calling it the Democrat convention. You suck. How about that? You're a child. You prove me right. It says to me that you're an infant. You have no business being anywhere near the halls of power, and you know it. All you have are bully little infant schoolyard taunts. You have reduced 
politics in this country to a schoolyard taunt. Congratulations, asshole. You, you didn't make America great. You're a disgrace. You should be ashamed of yourself with all of the rest of you, with the Frank Luntzes of the world. How dare you? That's what you did, Frank Luntz. You brought a Matt Getz into power. Oh, oh, here, here's somebody that's not all white. I'm unbought and unbossed. Oh, boy. Let me remind you, the Democrats have controlled this part of Baltimore City for over 50 years. And they have run this beautiful place right into the ground. Abandoned buildings, liquor stores on every corner, drug addicts, guns on the street. Oh, my God. That's now the norm in many neighborhoods. You think Maryland taxpayers would be getting a whole lot since our taxes are out of control. Oh Instead, God. we're paying for decades of incompetence and corruption. Shut your hole. Oh, my God. I, ha- I can't handle it. Where are they? Where, where am I? Wait a minute. All right. I got to get off the stupid page. Where's my people at? America's meat. Are we? How's America's meat going? How are we doing? Yeah, Auntie Tom. There she is. The Democrat convention. These fuckers. I cannot stand them. They prove me right all the time. And while the Democratic convention bends over backwards bring in these freaks oh look here's our our video to john mccain here's our democrat i mean here's our republican pal endorsing joe biden oh look at us we're working together now i hear republicans i heard another one of these well what's his name um michael Steele was on msnbc talking about how Oh, well, you know, guess what? The, the, a lot of Democrats are, are upset. A lot of the, you know, woke, the AOC types are upset that there were so many Republicans at the Democratic convention. But guess what? We all have to work together. Really? Since when? I mean, you, you effing Republicans, you're the one. It was Michael Steele's party. Oh, my God. I just hit the button and it went off again. It was Michael Steele's party that committed the caucus room conspiracy. So, oh, we all, we all have to work together now, right, Michael Steele? It was, he was the head of the Republican National Committee at the time when, Michael, when they all got together to conspire against doing anything to help the American people. No, but no, no, we don't have any historical context. That's not what, you know, that's not what the corporate media does. So let Michael Steele say, well, don't get upset, liberals, that the, that the Democratic Party had so many Republicans on that, because when Joe Biden becomes the president, we're all going to have to work together now. After you're the one, you, Michael Steele, and your filthy 
Republican Party and your filthy co-conspirators all got together, and you're the one that enabled it. You didn't, I didn't hear you or see you tweet. All I heard, I saw your tweets about Barack Hussein Obama. I didn't hear your tweet or see your tweets going, hey, guys, let's stop this caucus room conspiracy crap because the American people are suffering and we have to work together. No, no, no. We only got to work together when Democrats are in charge and the Republicans need to drag us back from doing anything that actually fixes this goddamn income inequality and upward immobility. Oh, goodness. Holy Christmas in hell. Where do I live? Thank you, Shannon. I just saw another super chat. Am I missing some super chats here? Like, I just want to say thank you. Who did I miss? Hmm. I see for for Earth. Thank you for your super chat. Thank you, Jim. That's all I see. It doesn't have the new ones. That's weird. Holy Christ, on a bike. Help me. Somebody. Does anybody remember laughter? Ronna McDonald. Ronald McDonald is on now? What? <laughs> oh, God, these Republicans. America's meat. We will not let the Democrat Party... Stop America's meat. These people make me sick. Where's... All right, what else? What else? I have one more thing. Well, there's other things. Maybe I I said I was going to read part of that book, but it's too late now. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. I don't have it ready anyway, but, uh, you know, the one, uh, I'm going to read it. Uh, I can't remember the title exactly. Something about authoritarians. Oh, my God. Nikki Haley, Donald Trump Jr. It's an entire, it's just, that's the government. That's, the government is now Donald Trump and his family. Like any broken-ass Third war, I mean, uh, tin pot dictator. It's, and these Republicans. Now, I just got this article just popped up on my phone. The Republican National Convention kicks off tonight with Nikki Haley, Donald Trump Jr., and many more. Now, Nikki Haley is the one, is one of these Republicans that. You know, the moderate Republican crowd, they say, oh, well, I like Nikki Haley. She's great. Really? What is she doing with the this broken-ass, this fake-ass, goddamn, autocratic, dictator-envying party? This family, this crime family, I mean, that's what it is. 
in all crime families, in all auto, well, it's like any autocracy. It's like, what is the difference between Twitler's autocrat, his family, giving them positions of power, and, you know, Uday and Kusei? Hussein, what's the difference? So, one last thing, a couple of things. Now, everybody said that we all know that um, Mary Trump was recorded. And I have a feeling they're saying, oh, it's so terrible that Mary Trump recorded her aunt. And I have a feeling that Trump's sister uh, gave Mary Trump permission to release these tapes. I'm just saying. I don't know. But she probably did. She clearly knows that her brother is a liar and way in over his head. And the stuff that she was saying was how really calling him stupid, evil, a liar, saying, you know, if you're Christian, wouldn't you want to help people? And he clearly didn't re- he hasn't read my immigration um, rulings. So I have a feeling, you know, while Mary Trump, she's going to come out of this whole period while the rest of her filthy crime family will go down in history as the America-hating, you know, just as they're going to go down in history not as beloved, that's for sure. And mark my words, I say it all the time, one day soon in our lifetime those who celebrated and supported trump will they will be embarrassed they will all run from him they will speak of their support in shamed whispers they will all be oh well i really i was only doing it to prevent his worst instincts you don't even know what else i saved us from and lindsey graham all of them they're all going to pretend. Oh, no. Trump who? What? So we, but we, we know that it says, uh, you know, marry Trump's secret tapes. Marianne, his sister Marianne calls her brother stupid, phony, cruel. I, but also in a book coming out soon, Melania Trump was reportedly taped making disparaging remarks about the president and his children. The former advisor to First Lady Melania Trump reportedly taped her making disparaging comments about President Trump and his adult children. Stephanie Wilson Wolkoff, Melanie, uh, Melanie. (laughs) see, I can't read. Melania Trump's former friend and advisor is set to release a tell-all book in September called Melania and Me, The Rise and Fall of My Friendship with the First Lady. And on Monday, journalist Yashar Ali reported that Wolkoff taped the First Lady making disparaging remarks about the president and his adult children. That will be revealed in this book. Though through Ali's report, wait, no, though, sorry, I'm sorry, I, something's wrong with me. Maybe it's the medication. 
Though Ali's report doesn't include the remarks the First Lady eventually um, evidently made, they, they're set to include harsh comments about Ivanka Trump. And in fact, Ali says that the most, of the, most of the disparaging comments were reserved for Ivanka Trump. <laughs> Isn't that typical? She's probably jealous. He has that, that rivalry, knowing that her husband wants to bang Ivanka. It's not like, you know, stepmommy. They're closer in age than not. I mean, they could be sisters, right? It's reportedly not clear whether... I don't know, this stupid thing keeps popping around. Um, whether the book itself will disclose the remarks in question. I hope so. Wolkoff's book will be the first, or I mean the latest tell-all to emerge from someone in the president's orbit. After one recently published by his niece, Mary Trump, last week the Washington Post revealed that Mary Trump recorded conversations with the president's sister. Yes. Wolkoff's book, which is described by his publisher as a candid and emotional memoir, will be released on September 1st. So, there you go. And now, tonight, at the Republican shit show, Melania, oh, they're all going to speak. Melania, Eric Trump, Ivanka, all the, all the uh, traitor tots, they're all going to be there. And Melania, I don't know if you guys saw, did you see what she did? This is another reason why we got to get rid of these, these freaks. Everything they touch, they turn to shit. And I mean everything, including the Rose Garden. What Melania, she's supposed to be this great designer? She sucks. Let me look at the, hold on. She turned the rose garden a beautiful the beautiful trees planted by um by Jackie Kennedy it's a tragedy oh no not just her she's a tragedy of another form look at this look what she did There's after. Wait, where's before? Beautiful, warm, welcoming, colorful, light. Makes your heart sing to see such beautiful colors, inviting. The beauty of nature. And then what? This? It's some basic bitch walkway. Ugly and cold. She turns it into a path. That? That's... What, what the hell does she do? That's a crime. This is like, get the number of that truck. I don't know what the hell. She's... Everything she touches... She destroys, like, everything they touch. Americans recoil in horror after Melania rips trees planted by JFK out of the White House Rose Garden. Look at that. It's terrible. It, there's no other word for it. 
I'm going to make it bigger. It's simply disgusting. Who, who, would, who would do that? I mean, look at that path. It's just a basic bitch walkway. That's it. It has no life to it. There's nothing memorable about it. It's like going from point A to point B. Don't bother looking from side to side because there's nothing to see. Taking something that is didn't need to be fixed is not... I mean, it has, she has no business touching. What the hell? And this is another thing. Every... See, everything it feels so overwhelming because wherever we look, we have to fix every, everything they touch. Unreal. I mean, really, everything. We don't have a minute to waste. Jesus Christ. Everything they've touched, they have destroyed. Oh, my God. So how much longer? That's all I have to ask. That's why I'm voting for Joe Biden. I mean, he's not like... I mean, really, I'll be voting for Kamala Harris. But we have to make this stop. If you walk into the woods 10 miles... Doesn't mean, I mean, we got 10 miles to walk out. It's, it's going to take some time to fix everything that they have broken, including that. And it won't be the same. It's a crime against our, our humanity, our hearts, our eyes. She, committed, she commits a crime against our friggin' eyeballs. Destroying beautiful scenery that belonged to us that had history that had memories and she puts in a basic bitch walkway that's it just this basic bitch nothing ugly path that says nothing that has no memories that's cold uninviting like her like them everything they touch they destroy they just they destroy beautiful animals they destroy the beautiful flowers they destroy our beautiful planet and they call it what do they even call it they call it strength Ugh. strength they're not they they're not strong they they're the epitome of weak they can't even say the democratic party's name that's how strong they are and there's just, anyway one last thing so today earlier in the day the hashtag she's only 15 or she's 15 
was trending because Kellyanne Conway is leaving the White House after her daughter. Her daughter is kind of prolific on social media. And she is openly hostile against Twitter, like all normal people should be. And so she posts that she wanted to, during the evening, she was posting that she wanted to become emancipated from her parents because her, her mother is ruining her life. Let me see if I can find it. Hold on first, because it was kind of like a drama going on. But after, I'm not really going to get into the whole thing about them. Let's see, Kellyanne Conway's daughter. So now they're all Kellyanne Conway, her husband who hates Twitter, and the and the daughter or whatever the Kellyanne Conway says she's leaving the White House to spend time with her family after she destroyed her family but let's see she was she announced on social media that she was seeking emancipation Claudia Conway the 15 year old daughter of Kellyanne Conway who had been working for President Trump since 2016, announced on social media that she is seeking emancipation from her parents. On Saturday night, after allegedly learning that her mother will speak at the Republican National Convention, the teen tweeted that she is devastated beyond compare. In a follow-up post, she wrote, I'm officially pushing for emancipation. Buckle up, because this is probably going to be public in one way or another. Unfortunately, welcome to my life. The young Conway, who has 89,000 Instagram followers, 296,000 Twitter followers, and more than 600,000 TikTok followers, opened up about why she's so candid on social media. I've been using social media as an outlet to express my passions individually and to shed light on some hardships. I've been vulnerable for a reason. Thank you for supporting me, she said. She also talked about how she feels about her parents' work and p- their political ideologies. Her father, George Conway, is an attorney. In 2018, he emerged as a vocal Trump critic. Even though his wife, Kellyanne, had been working for Trump since 2016, he helped found the Lincoln Project in 2019, a political action committee dedicated to preventing Trump's re-election. My mother's job ruined my life to begin with heartbreaking that she continues to go down that path after years of watching her children suffer. Selfish. It's all about money and fame, ladies and gentlemen, Claudia wrote on Twitter. Claudia has three siblings, her twin George, the the fourth, and young sisters Charlotte and Vanessa. On the subject of her father, the teen said, as for my dad, politically, we agree on absolutely nothing. We just both happen to have this, some common sense when it comes to our current, current president. On Sunday, after some criticism, Claudia clarified and stood by her comments on Twitter, saying, love you, 
y'all love to twist everything and I'm not getting emancipated because of my mom's job. It's because of years of childhood trauma and abuse. The 15-year-old has made headlines in recent months for her anti-Trump stances and even to in even replying to her mother's tweets. On July 30th, her mother tweeted about the death of the late Tea Party activists. Herman Cain led a remarkable life and will be missed. He loved his family, the country, and the Lord. He triumphed in business, beat cancer, and was a voice for freedom. God bless you and, lo- and yours, Herman. Claudia replied the next day on Twitter, Yes, it is sad, but wasn't your administration complicit in his death? Hello. Thank you. Connect the dots. He beat cancer, but he couldn't beat Twitler's ineptitude. When Tanae requested comments from the Conway family, there was no immediate reply until Sunday night when in a statement Kellyanne wrote, I, Kellyanne Conway wrote, I will be transitioning from the White House at the end of the month. In time, I will announce future plans. For now, for my beloved children, it will be less drama and more mama. Ew. God help them. Be careful what you wish for, Claudia. George Conway added his own tweet. So I am withdrawing from the Lincoln Project to devote more time to family matters, and I'll be taking a Twitter hiatus. Needless to say... I continue to support the Lincoln Project and its mission passionately. Blah, blah, blah. So anyway, then on Twitter, she's 15, was trending. There we go. Because one of these Trump banzees, it was rather interesting, What's his name? Hold on. Carmine Sabia. This is what pisses me off in general about, well, I get frustrated about the show. (laughs) You guys are like my shoulder to cry on. Because, not cry, but I feel like the show, it's not growing fast enough for me. And then I see these right-wingers. Like this effing guy. He's got a show. The Carmine Sabia show. Thousands and thousands of followers. This is what we're up against. I don't know who's following him. Who's supporting him. Which Mercer family. Which right wing. What Heritage Foundation. All of these right wingers. They get well funded. So this Claudia Conway, this is what he writes. Claudia Conway on Twitter. Claudia Conway is an attention whore. And she and her dad should be ashamed of what they have done to their family because of their selfishness. Claudia Conway is 15 effing years old. And here's a grown man going off and and calling her a a whore? That's your Republicans. That's your Republican Party. Now, look at this guy's Twitter page. Let's see. See, he describes himself. 
Christian conservative, editor-at-large, the Sabia Report, Yankees fan, NRA member, Israel supporter, Christian conservative. So he went up against people, everybody, people. It started, um, she, you know, she's 15. And there's your Christian conservative for you. And the other thing that I found interesting, here's one more thing, just an aside. In these tweets, someone wrote, I'm trying to find it because I responded to it. I'm trying to find it. Somebody wrote, um, hey, you, uh, Christian conservative, I've seen you at <laughs> the local, or whatever he said, I saw you at this gay bathhouse. And um, then Carmine wrote back, what are you doing? Oh, you? What were you doing at the gay bathhouse? So here you go again. Here's a guy, another so-called fake-ass Christian conservative. Of course, he's in the closet. It makes so much sense. And these people, they are, they need help, okay? That's the problem with conservatives. They lack the courage to live an authentic life. All of them. They suffer. They're really suffering, and they're inflicting their manias outwards. So no wonder he's, he's hateful, and he he's, has to hide behind Christian conservatism, so-called, to stop his own, to try to suppress himself. They're, they wrap themselves in all of this hierarchy because ultimately they're terrified. They are afraid that they'll be rejected. So that's the Republican way. You know, the rugged individual way. You don't Just try being a rugged individual in the Republican Party. So that's why somebody like him is so full of hate. And they inflict their manias outward. Calling a 15-year-old a whore. And then, of course, really, you know, attacking people with homophobic retorts. Oh, what are you doing at a, at a bathhouse? Well, maybe they don't have a problem. They're not in the closet like you. But I found that interesting because that's the Republican way. Go to any Republican convention. You'll randomly throw a pebble and you'll hit somebody in the closet case. They are all the same. All of them. They have to be. Otherwise, you know, they're not... I mean, I always remember. I remember watching some some, uh, documentary on on transgendered children and what this mother who was a christian conservative a republican w- who was really active in her church she had a child she loves her child the child grew up and as the child started to talk 
The child was like, I'm a girl. It was born biological male. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. And she came to understand that at first when the child was little, she came to understand like this this kid's sexual identity is not in it's not in the genitals, it's in the head, it's in your brain. So she went to she started to try to help her child as the child grew older it the this is why teens and young adults who are transgendered are at high risk of suicide because they meet many obstacles the ignorance of the republican party for example and she went to her school a christian school of course they rejected her they rejected her child And all, one by one, all of her great Christian friends all rejected her and abandoned her. And I never forget what she said. They left me on the battlefield. That's what she said. I'm fighting for my child's life. And they left me on the battlefield. They just abandoned her. Well, where... Where's your Christian compassion? Where's your compassionate conservatism? That's your compassionate conservatism. It it will leave you on the battlefield every time. Be it on the battlefield of war. They'll leave you right out there. Battlefield of sickness. The battlefield of ignorance. The battlefield of homelessness. Whatever battle you're up against... It doesn't matter. They'll leave you behind every time. So try being a rugged individual. Try resting or squeezing some compassion out of those compassionate conservatives. You'll find it. You'll find that the well is goddamn dry. That's for sure. And that's why we will win. We will, because we're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of humanity. And, yeah, we will win. And that's why they have to lie. All right, guys, 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 guys. Guys, 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 please, please become a patron at patreon.com slash Devlin. Share the show with your friends. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. So work it. You're worth it. And live it. And hopefully we'll see. Hopefully we'll have a show tomorrow. How about that? Do you, Who wants to have a show? Raise your hand in the chat room. Let's see. Hi, John. Hi, Terry. Hi, Greg. Hello, Covert White Rabbit. Hello, Andrea. Hello, Mark. Hello, Banterboard. Terry Taylor. And Ted. Hello. That's my old pal, Ted. I'm so happy to be reconnected. Hello, KT. Who else is here? Banter board, Debbie. Did I miss anybody? 
on I mean uh Shannon of course Paradu JD everybody <laughs> cool all right love this show as always says Mark our millennial correspondent happy about tomorrow works if you work it absolutely yes all right well Mark says he wants a show if if you can, if you're listening to the show, and if you can become a patron at patreon.com, please do. We need about a thousand more patrons. I know that we will get there eventually. And hey, whatever. We'll keep doing it anyway until we get there. So I want to thank you all for hanging out. And what else? Mark says. Ah, ha, ha, I love you. Need to be a patron tomorrow or the day after you. Mark, you're young. You need to save your money. (laughs) You have to take care of yourself, Mark. You're a a millennial. You're a young person. Tell your friends about the show. Ask your friends to become patrons, those who have rich parents. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Yes, ask your friends. That's, I mean, the, you, the thing is that if you're a viewer and a listener of Terror Buster, it really is, it requires you, it's like a second job, really. You have so much shit to do. <laughs> you can't just sit and listen. you got to be put to work. For Christ's sake. Only if you want to have a functioning society. I mean, <laughs> whatever. Yes. Did you say, Greg says, did you say there would be another show tomorrow? I will, yeah. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to do as many shows as possible. This is how we're going to grow. I. You can't do one show a week. You have to do every show, every day. But the only thing that sucks is that because we don't have a set time, we it's better when you have a set time so people know when to tune in, obviously. When you do them at different times, I'm, I don't know. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Maybe I'll do it a little earlier. I don't know. But... I think it's better. The more we, sh- the more shows we do, the more we can, w- the more we will grow. I see, I could, s- I see the numbers. You know what I mean? I see us going in the right direction. It's not going fast enough for me, for my liking. I hope that we'll, we can fix that. I don't know. Oh, brother. You guys are great. All right. I'm getting tired, so I'm going to go relax. F- Shannon said, Francis? Where is he? Francis? Francis Jr. Jr. Francis? Come on, Bubba. Francis? Oh, he's in his bed. Come here, Bubba. He's looking suspiciously at me. Come here, boo-boo. Come on, boo-boo. 
Yeah, he's not moving. <laughs> you notice how they r really listen to me. Let's see if Tara Jr. comes. Tara Jr. Tara Jr. I mean, come on. It's, I only feed them and give them shelter. Tara Jr. Come here, Bobo. Son of a bitch. No, they ain't coming over. All right. You guys are great. All right. So remember to join us on Discord as well. I know. All right. How's that? Become a patron. Patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And remember. Yeah, the treat bag. That's it. I should have had a. That's what I need. That's. You got it. You got it, Daniel. <laughs> I need to pe keep the treats over here. Because you know that would get them. God damn those cats. All right, my friends. Thank you for hanging out. And remember what I say. We will win. We stick together. We win. And we will win. Because we are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of democracy. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you so much for hanging out. I will see you very soon.